Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell here, host of the show. And welcome to Friday, Friday the 11th of November 2022. Trust you and your team have had a very, very productive week. In fact, such a productive week, you need to have a big weekend of rest, recovery, recuperation, and re-energization so that you can get back on the horse and do it all again next week. So I trust that is uh, that is you and that is the predicament that you find yourself in, which is a good thing. Also, happens to be the uh, very important day on the calendar, 11th of November, of course, is Remembrance Day. And it's an opportunity for us to remember all of those people who have served in the various armed forces uh, in various conflicts, whether they have uh, hopefully returned from battle or for those who did not return from battle, an opportunity to pay homage to them for the service that they have rendered so that our country can be free. So 11 a.m. this morning was a minute silence and it's an opportunity to remember and to keep those people who have not returned from service, those memories alive and that legacy continuing. And I recorded a podcast earlier this week in relation to legacy and how important it is and what are you doing to create your legacy. So this is the uh, second podcast for the week, uh, bookending the week with another podcast, uh, the three days in between has been a very, very phenomenal, but very, very busy and very, very intense three days. Uh, I had the honor of training and working with a group of people who were trainers, and we went through three days of intensive train the trainer. So often when I do these sort of programs, it is a down the rabbit hole type of experience where time seems to stand still, time seems to speed up, time sometimes seems to go backwards. But it's a, it's a phenomenal uh, exercise, it's a phenomenal opportunity to work with people, particularly people who are looking at fine-tuning their craft and who are passionate about training and facilitating programs, whether it be in uh, financial services, whether it be in sort of not-for-profit organizations, whether it be in IT, and also whether it be in pharmaceuticals. So I had people from all different walks of life and all different sort of organizations in the one room for three days of intense train the trainer and hence i haven't recorded a podcast in the last three days because at the end of each of the days because we go so down so many rabbit holes i am absolutely cooked at the end of the day so i need some time to rest recuperate myself and as we know recovery is incredibly important to high performance and particularly when you're training uh, you've always got to be thinking about what is the impression that you as a trainer is creating you as a facilitator, and it's no different to being a leader. Remember, your team is watching your every move. And as a trainer, as a facilitator, that is exactly what you are. You are a leader, and people are watching. People are you are watching. So uh, I was very, very uh, privileged to have a group of people who wanted to be there, who were passionate about fine-tuning their craft and improving areas of their craft around training, and uh, they brought so much curiosity to the table, so many great questions, and uh, hey, as always happens with training with me, we don't get through all the content because there's just so much content to get through, but as I say to every single group that I work with, it is a case of we will go where we need to go that will serve you and will give you the outcomes that you're looking for uh, because 
Hey, who's to say that my content is the only content? Often what comes to the table is questions that come from the group that enables us to go off on different tangents, sometimes completely off the reservation, but it enables them to learn something that perhaps they haven't learnt before, which could be the difference that makes all the difference in their ability to influence somebody else. And certainly when it comes to training, irrespective of the type of training, influence key people to do key things, to change key outcomes, to drive key changes. So uh, on reflection, one of the things I was doing this morning as I was walking my trusty border collie, Millie, on our customary seven-kilometer walk, of which she didn't get a chance to do the last three days. So she was, uh, well, let's just say, I wouldn't say she wasn't happy. She was very happy, very excited to get out, but uh, she was sniffing at absolutely everything. So it was uh, a lot of work, and uh, seven kilometers doesn't sound like a lot, but when you've got a border collie, and she wants to stop at every uh, every opportunity to smell things, to actually talk to people, to jump on people, to interact with other dogs. It is a long, long time. So I was doing a lot of reflection on the walk this morning. And one of the things that it sort of popped up was it's actually quite easy to take for granted some of the things that we do, the principles that we, that we act on. And, and sometimes thinking that many people think that these things are just, yeah, everybody knows this. Because we do things every single day, we can almost have a level of, I'm not sure whether the word is blasé-ness with it, but you can almost overlook certain things and not necessarily get as consciously involved in certain concepts and certain activities that perhaps we did when we were first learning it, that uh, when you start talking to people, when you start sharing concepts and when you ask questions and provide some insights, sometimes the response that you get, and this is what I found over the last three days, there was a number of things we were talking about and I was just thinking, well, I'm just, I'm just having a conversation because everybody does this, as a, certainly as a facilitator and as a trainer. And yet there are a number of occasions where people would put their hand up and say, well, hang on, can you say that again? Because I've never heard that before. And it just reinforced the fact that as, as leaders, as influencers, as people who have literally the development of others in the palm of their hands and they can influence the development of others and therefore the direction they go in and ultimately the results potentially they get, we can't take things for granted and we've got to always take a step back and say, okay, I know this concept, but does everybody else know this concept? Now, in some cases, people might. And you might have people in your in your team. You may have people, if you're a trainer, if you're a facilitator and listen to this, you may actually have people in your training courses that uh, think they know everything. And it's not about testing them. It's not about trying to increase your status so you're above them and it's not putting them down. It's just looking at them with curiosity and thinking, well, do you actually really know this? Or do you just say you know it? And what's the depth of your knowledge in relation to this? So one of the things that I found out over the last three days is there's a number of things that I perhaps take for granted, certainly as a facilitator, that I should apply a little bit more of a conscious focus on and not take so many things for granted. And in many cases, not gloss over them when I'm talking to a group and trying to teach them uh, the final points of facilitation. Because it happened to me over the last couple of days, there are a number of things that I put on the table that I was talking about that uh, I had to, I was actually stopped by by individuals in the group and I had to go back over them and explain them because they were epiphanies for those individuals. They were aha moments for those people. And they're really, really simple things that I, I just do automatically and, and, and take for granted. Simple things like your hand gestures. What do you do with your hands? And when I was explaining uh, how many people, when they present, they don't necessarily, not everybody knows exactly what they do with their hands until they actually see a video recording of what they're presenting. And they'll notice that there's a lot of, uh, in many cases, unconscious hand movement that doesn't necessarily uh, 
be in sync with the words that they're saying or the message they're trying to convey. And that can sometimes create confusion in the audience's mind. Just simple things like that where the one one person in particular said, right, I'm now watching you from the rest of, for the rest of the day. And in fact, the rest of the two days after that, I'm going to be watching you exactly to see what you do with your hands because I brought a level of awareness to that. So really, really simple thing. So it really made me think about how, as leaders, what do we what do we sometimes take for granted? What are some of the things that we're doing on a daily basis that we get to the stage where we're doing this on an almost unconscious level? And, and in some cases, it might be a level of unconscious competence. Uh, in many cases, it might be a level of unconscious incompetence, depending on what that particular thing is. But what are we doing almost automatically that we're not giving a lot of conscious thought to? But if we did, we might actually now have a little bit more control over what that principle is or what that activity is, what that behavior might be, so that we can be more intentional with the impression we are trying to create. And therefore, when we see the behavior play out in our team, we can then give a lot better feedback and more constructive feedback. Because in many cases, and this is a conversation we had as well, there are a lot of people who have learned from others that uh, may have may have been a little bit down further down the path than they have. They may have been a little bit more senior in the in the organisation than they are right now, and they start to demonstrate certain behaviours and certain attributes. And many of these attributes have been passed down by who they were taught by. And we've got to keep asking the question: What are the behaviours, the activities, uh, sometimes the principles, and often the beliefs and values that we're taking on? What impact are they having? On our team, because we'll often see behaviors play out on our team, and sometimes if we don't not like the behavior, if we don't like the outcome, we can be very, very quick to judge and point fingers at the people who are demonstrating that behavior, rather than taking a little bit of a step back and thinking, "Wow, why is that person demonstrating that behavior? Why are they actually talking in that way? Why have they taken on that belief?" Because in many, many cases, it is because this is something that you have been projecting onto them. It's something that you've been demonstrating, but you haven't necessarily been consciously aware of it. So as a leader, as an influencer, as a coach, as a mentor, as a trainer, as a facilitator, we need to be a little bit more conscious of the behaviors we're putting out, but also never ever underestimate the impact that we can have on people. And it was a wonderful experience for me because it actually got me to reflect and really slow down and think about, hey, I take a lot of stuff for granted that I just do. But when I have some very inquisitive people who are asking really curious-based questions, it enables me to take a step back and think, okay, why am I doing what I'm doing and how can I explain to people why I'm doing what I'm doing? So it was a phenomenal three days. It went like uh, like that really, really quickly, uh, even though it was something like 21 hours, 22 hours of actual content and facilitation. It went really, really quickly because the team were engaged because they were so curious and wanting to learn and wanting to improve. So there's lots and lots of areas that we covered. I wanted to hone in on three things which have applicability for us as uh, trainers, facilitators, but also as leaders. Because as a leader, there's a lot of responsibility we have to certainly set the tone, to drive the right behaviors, to get the outcomes, get the results. But there's a lot of uh, opportunity we also have that in order to drive those behaviors, to get those results, we may actually find ourselves having to do some sort of group session, not group therapy, but group presentations or even group training, even small group training or even small group mentoring. So learning how to actually utilize your body language as an example or where to stand and what to take into consideration can make a huge, huge difference to our ability to influence somebody and see the behaviors you want to see play out in your team 
in a reasonably quick period of time. So three key areas I wanted to focus in on. Number one is the difference between your influence levels when you sit down in a meeting or in a training versus when you are standing up. Now, I take this for granted because every single training that I do, unless, of course, I'm doing it on Zoom or I'm naturally sitting down, every single training I do, I'm standing up. Now, even if I've only got two or three people in the room, I'm always standing up. Now, when I shared that concept with a number of the trainers this week, one of them said, wow, I actually sit down in a boardroom table and I sit at the opposite end of where the screen is and I sit at that with a laptop and have everybody have everybody around the table so that everybody's looking at the screen. It enables me to then see the screen, see my laptop and then be able to present. But what she was not thinking about and what she didn't appreciate up until when we talked about this was it's very, very difficult to get people's engagement and people's buy-in when you're sitting down with them and forcing them to look at a big screen. So small, simple changes like for this person, standing up, and standing at the opposite end of the room where people are forced to look at you and then have your slides behind you, but only have your slides as a support mechanism to you, they are not the full presentation, was a massive, massive aha moment. And I know that if she applies just that one principle, her ability to influence any room will exponentially improve. And one of the questions I asked the group was, what's the difference between, uh, just from an energy level point of view, when you're sitting down versus standing up. And many, because let's be honest, many people are very, very comfortable sitting down doing a presentation. And if you look at most corporate meetings, sales meetings, everybody's sitting down and very rarely do you have somebody standing up. The moment somebody stands up, there is a change of energy because there is a change of status. Now, this status change is not about elevating you above the team, but what it is about is actually forcing eyes to be upon you, which for many people can be very, very uh, confronting and may cause levels of anxiety. But what I can tell you is if you are standing, all eyes need to be on you. And just by virtue of you doing that, you will change your elevation, you change your status. It's just amazing how it works. And the more and more you do this, the more and more confident you'll become to the point where when you sit down and do a presentation, it will feel really, really weird. So simple things like that was a a massive, massive eye-opener. The second big aha moment for the group was where to stand when when you are training, when you are running a presentation. And this goes also for sales and sales leaders when you're making a presentation. Where you stand at the front of the room is very, very important. Now, what I normally do, and I did this with the group, I asked every single person in the room to point in the direction of 2023 for them. And for all intents and purposes, the vast majority of people will always point either directly in front of them up or to their right-hand side. And so I said, right, that's interesting because at the front of the room, there is a timeline. And as a trainer, as an influencer, as a leader, what you want to do is you want to place yourself in the future of the people who you are training or who you are trying to influence. So that means when you're standing in front of the group, you need to be standing on your left-hand side and moving towards your left-hand side because when you're trying to influence, you're going to be talking about the future and you want them to be thinking about and feeling most importantly that this has some resonance because they are moving towards their future and you happen to be in their future. Now, I take this for granted now because I don't even have to think about where I stand. I'm always standing or always always moving in the direction of the audience's or the participant's future. So I'm always on the left-hand side standing at the front of the room. But you would have thought that I've just created a, a cure for the most insidious disease on the planet. Such was the reaction for some people in the room thinking, wow, this is an absolute game changer because no, nobody had ever, ever been taught that. And for many of them, they'd never heard it before. So it was an absolute game changer for them. And I know 
that when they start presenting to others, when they start influencing others, just that small change could make the world of difference, not just from the content they share, but most, most importantly, from the energy they create through the content that they share and the way they do it. And so that's a really, really important thing. Always make sure that you are in the future of your audience, whether that's one-on-one or your team. Always be standing towards the left-hand side or their right-hand side when it comes to the view that they have of you. And the third one, which we delved in a little bit of detail, was a thing called learning preferences. Now, this is not necessarily personality styles, but it's something that comes from a guy called Neil Fleming who created this back in 1987, that every single person has a preferred learning style. And it's a thing called VARK, V-A-R-K. And this, again, was a bit of a, an eye-opener for many of them because and, and whether we're leaders or whether we are influencers, whether we're trainers and facilitators, often what we do is we write, we communicate, and we put programs together from our preferred learning preference style. And so if you're a visual, which is the V, you'll be looking at graphs and illustrations. The conversation will always, always be about painting a picture. You'll be looking, looking at using as many PowerPoints as possible and make them really, really colorful. You might even make the use of, of videos and you may want to have some sort of uh, breakout sessions or some sort of interaction that is quite visual. Uh, so there'll be people out there who are a visual construct in terms of their learning profile. When they're thinking, they'll be doing a lot of looking up. They'll be quite expressive in terms of their gestures and the gestures are gonna be quite, quite high. They potentially will speak quickly and often in higher tones. Often the language they use with that will be painting a picture. So they'll have some, some sort of visual representation within their language. Then you're going to have people who are quite auditory, and these guys prefer the conversations. They're the ones that listen to podcasts, and hopefully you're listening to this podcast, and maybe you've got an auditory learning preference. They love oral presentations. They also like videos as well because they can hear things. And in a training room, and maybe you've got this in your sales team, they won't necessarily need to look at you in order to be engaged with you. And this is sometimes a, a mistake that we can make either as leaders and certainly as facilitators, where we think people are not paying attention to me, therefore they're not listening to me. Well, auditory people don't need to look at you. They will take everything in just by listening to you. So as a leader, what we've got to do is make sure there's enough for the auditory learner to learn from. So when it comes to engagement with those guys, we've got to have lots of conversation. We've got to have lots of Q&A. We've got to have uh, maybe lots of discussions in pairs or in groups so there's a conversation they can have and they can do a lot of listening as, as part of that conversation. Then we're going to have people who are read and write type people. So this is the R, uh, read and writing. So for those who love uh, reading and writing, getting a workbook is just like, it's like Christmas. So providing them with a 160-page workbook, for those who have a learning preference around reading and writing, this is like, whew, how good is this? So they love workbooks, they love articles, they love handouts, they love it when we use flip charts, they want to actually write themselves, they're the ones that take copious amounts of notes, so making sure there's lots of uh, post-it notes, they can, and any exercise we're doing which enables them to write stuff but also enables them to read things is a really important thing as well. So making sure that we are engaging them by enabling them to write, giving them time to write, because sometimes the danger is that if I'm a, a, a visual preferred learner, then I can often run training programs which are quite visual and not give people who are not visual as their preferred preference to not have time to do the things they want, such as write things down, which means, by the way, that I'm not actually getting through and I'm not impacting them in the way that I want. And the last one in VARK is the kinesthetic learner. And this is a person that loves to have hands-on activities there. They love role plays. They also like 
uh, note-taking. And as one person I described in the group, they love to doodle, and that is they love to draw. So the way they learn, the way they get engaged, they need to actually have the feeling of pen on paper, for example. So this particular person was fully engaged, but what she was doing at the same time is she was is creating some really nice artwork on her on her books, on her paper. Uh, and, and she was completely engaged because she asked great questions. And when I put something out to the group, she was completely engaged. And I knew exactly that she was listening to everything we were saying. So if we are going to increase our ability to influence either our team and certainly key stakeholders, we really need to start building some awareness around what is the learning profiles and learning preferences of the people who we are engaging with. And the VARC method from Neil Fleming is a great way for us as leaders, influencers, trainers, facilitators to tap into the different preferences of our team, but also making sure that any messaging that we are delivering will cover all four of those learning preferences. Because as I said earlier, the danger we have is if we have a preferred method, we will then do everything with that preferred method which, by the way, means that we have the opportunity not to influence every single person in our team or in our stakeholder group because we're missing potentially some of the key learning profiles of others. So the key message out of this episode as I reflect on the last few days is never, ever, ever underestimate your impact because people are watching, your team are watching, your key stakeholders are watching, and as I uh, alluded to and as I found out throughout the last three days, people who I am training in order to be more effective trainers, they are also watching my every move as well. So I trust that message helps. Just a bit of a reflection and hopefully some key insights that you can utilize in your own world to drive even more influence into the key stakeholder groups where you need to drive influence. Now, it might be completely different things in terms of what the influence is, in terms of what the key aha moments are, but just being aware of that and being conscious of the things that you might be taking for granted and never ever underestimate the impact you're going to have on others by sometimes uh, taking some certain things for granted. So taking a step back and realizing what is it I'm doing really well? What are some of the things that I just do automatically but others are looking at me and saying, wow, how do you do that and why do you do that? And if you can then explain it, maybe there's an aha moment you've got now you can create for other people to help them just fast track their development just a little bit quicker. So trust that message helps as we wrap up this week. And a key reminder, of course, that when you are ready and when you are committed to taking your leadership to an exceptional level, I would love to have a conversation with you about helping you do just that. And maybe in the process, helping your team become exceptional at what they do as well. So to do that, two key ways. You know the drill, go to leadwithdarren.com, pick a time that suits you. My calendar is open. There's a few spots ready for next week to have a conversation and see how I can help you take that leadership to the exceptional level in the next 90 plus days. But also the other way to get to me is by direct message at my mobile phone. And that is 0412 And for those of you outside of Australia, it is plus six one four one two double three triple five four. So very much look forward to having that conversation with you. Please have a wonderful, wonderful weekend and look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com And let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.